You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey player. I idolize Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as this team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Folks, what's up? Welcome to episode 76 of Two Goalies, One Mike. Um, joined here by Ty B. Uh, you know, no Cully tonight. Unfortunately, he is on the ice, but we're going to obviously touch on a lot of stuff. It's been a little bit since I've uh, talked to you guys uh, from episode 75, but a lot to cover. Eichel, episode, uh, Eichel trade one week later, um, some NHL news, and of course, tonight's matchup between the Buffalo Sabres and the Edmonton Oilers, only available to watch on ESPN+. Plus. Ty, how the hell are you doing? Doing good. Sabres, uh, I mean, it hasn't been great lately. 0-4-1 their last five, but um, <clears throat> trying to still be optimistic about everything, obviously. They've still been in the games. Things have been somewhat entertaining, at least decent to watch and see some what some of these young guys are doing. But I've been more interested in seeing you know, how well Jack Quinn's been doing. Jack Quinn has absolutely been tearing it up. Last time I looked, it was a few days ago. He was he's, he was leading the AHL in points, wasn't he? Yeah, and he just scored pretty close. Guess. He might still be in first. Yeah, it's absolutely just insane output from Jack Quinn, JJ Paterka, and ever since um, I'm trying to remember the defenseman's name, uh, Samuelson, maybe. Uh, I forget who it was. It might have been Chris Baker tweeted it out. Ever since his return, um, Ukapeka Lukanen's numbers have been phenomenal as well. I think I saw something along the lines of a very low end, like uh, 1.5 goals against average for UPL, which is phenomenal to see. Uh, we see what's happening in Michigan right now. Uh, last night in particular uh, with Portillo and Owen Power, phenomenal showing last night against Penn State, 5-1 victory, another three-point night for Owen Power. I believe that means he either is first or second in the big 10 in points uh, and Portillo just apps, you know, continuing his phenomenal season. Uh, I think uh, with, with last night's game, a 0.925 save percentage and a 205 goals against. Oh yeah. I mean, you saw it on sports center this morning. So, you know, it's it play from Eric Portillo going post to post. And that's something we're going to have to get used to a lot of. He's going to be the future goaltender here, the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, sooner than not, I think. I don't think he's going to end up playing out his entire career there at Michigan. So it's exciting to watch what we have sort of in the pipeline here and seeing what some of the young pieces we already have here and just just kind of imagining how things could blend together, hopefully, hopefully the way we expected a long time ago. Yeah, it, you know, it's it's just been a lot a lot of fun to watch these, these, these young kids, even though, again, with the Sabres, the last five games have not, you know, the, the result isn't what you want, but you see guys finally kind of reaching their potential. Maybe not the potential we initially expected, but Tage Thompson has been unbelievable 
in terms of what your expectations were originally for Tage Thompson. Uh, Rasmus Asplund's leading the team in points. He's on the first power play unit. Guy's playing out of his mind. Um, unfortunately, you know, we don't haven't seen Craig Anderson in a few games. I know he's uh, he's dealing with an injury right now. Dustin, Dustin Katarski hasn't been terrible, um, you know. But, again, is that all sustainable? That's the thing. Is, you know, the way the goaltending's been sustainable? Is uh, Rasmus Asplund leading the team in points? Is that sustainable? Because right now he's on pace for, like, a 60- to 70-point season. I don't think that's very much sustainable. But it's just nice to see under Donnie Granato these kids really outperform expectation and make this team fun to watch again. Yeah, absolutely. And we we talked about it before the season started, like making predictions who was going to be the highest point scorer. I don't think any of us even thought of saying Rasmus Asplund, but he's no. played very well so far this season. Um, he's got the highest plus minus still at plus four. So, I mean, obviously he's been out there doing some nice things. Um, we don't love plus minus, but it just no, it, it's a very misleading that. stat. Yeah, it just goes to show, though, still that he's not giving up as many opportunities as he is creating. Um, I don't have the Corsi and all that stuff in front of me, unfortunately, which I actually would like. But, um, oh, well, I'm looking at the counting stats. Um, yeah, it's it's just good to see good stuff out of him and Victor Olofsson and Tage Thompson, you know, your top point scorers in this season that's a rebuilding year, all young, younger guys. Yeah, and I mean that's kind of what the the message and you know the direction of the team since you know training camp has been you know this youth movement having players that want to be here and you know you know it'd be a criminal right now to not mention we're just a week a week out of the Jack Eichel trade to the Vegas Golden Knights um, and you know Peyton Krebs uh, obviously the biggest uh, prospect they had. Uh, got had a phenomenal year last year in the WHL, you know, was playing pretty well in the AHL, uh, no points. I think it was in nine games with the Vegas golden Knights, but still, I mean, they kid, uh, you see kind of what's been happening with Buffalo and these players that had yet to develop previously under Kruger, but under Don Granado, again, like guys like Tage Thompson, Casey Middlestat, uh, Darlene, even, I know he had a few games where he was struggling, getting walked a lot, but even last game being paired with Mark Pissick, uh, veteran, another four, you know, previously was drafted to be a Sabre. Uh, I think that was back in the days of Darcy Regera, maybe even, um, you know, kind of had a, his, one of his better games of the season. Uh, it makes me excited for these guys uh, coming up from Rochester and college to see what Peyton Krebs can bring to the table. And then we haven't even talked, you know, we don't even, we don't even have Alex Tuck in the lineup yet. You know, again, a guy who grew up a Sabres fan, just another uh, exciting piece to add to this lineup. Yo, absolutely. And when you're sort of looking at it, what was the one position you were worried about for the Sabres, especially if you move Jack Eichel is worried about what you have at the center position. Well, it seems like Dylan Cousins is coming along pretty well. Casey Middlestats figuring things out. And Tage Thompson is actually better at center than he was on the wing. So you have sort of some depth there now adding talk. I think he, he can play on the wing as well. So, I mean, I wouldn't worry about the way he's going to fit in. Krebs is likely going to be a guy who ends up on your wing. Um, so I wouldn't worry about him either. But it's just good to see um, – a lot of these guys who have versatility, who are still pretty young and are developing solid chemistry together too, which is another thing. Um, you know, we've seen a, a fair amount of shuffling of the lines, but a good amount of keeping, you know, some of these guys together. And hopefully you got to find, you know, 
<clears throat> when you look at a lot of these, you know, top end teams, it's finding these little pairings and then building the lines around the pairings. And if you're able to do that, you know, maybe it's Aspland with um, Cousins, you know, provides an extra spark or, you know, whatever it is. And then you just kind of fix and mix and match and plug in that third spot and do that with the rest of your lines. We've seen that be a good recipe. So I think the Sabres are a team who going forward should be able to be built like that, where you have maybe your, your, your top eight forwards and then you build your lines, mix and match around that. I agree. Um, Alex Tuck has always been a player, even before Jack, like the trade stuff started before that exit interview. Um, he was always a player. I liked. there was a pretty gnarly highlight of him back in a, during training camp. Uh, I was like a shootout drill when he, back when he was with Minnesota, this unbelievable movie pole. Then he strutted past the bench doing like a moonwalk uh, past the bench and just smirking, smirking and shit. And like, you know, he's always been a guy that I've always liked to watch play. He plays a very heavy game and he has some scoring touch. Uh, so, you know, I'm excited to see him in a Buffalo uniform, you know, when the Jack Eichel trade stuff started in Vegas was one of the top names mentioned. I said, I need Alex Tuck, you know, to be one of the, cause you want, you want a, a rostered player to come back to Like you just don't yeah. want to just have it just be picks and prospects, bring a guy back to fill a role. And if I were to pick a guy, you know, forward wise, it, it was Alex Tuck all day just because you know he's going to play his heart out for Buffalo. There's a lot of term left on that deal. And, you know, he's a good hockey player. You know, he get, plays with a chip on his shoulder. Uh, you know, he was one of those guys that was left exposed in the Vegas expansion draft. So he always felt like he had something to prove. And, you know, now he gets to live a, a lot of his dream of being a Buffalo Sabre and maybe being part of the solution here. Oh, absolutely. And that's sort of the thing is you – you got a guy in Alex Tuck who legitimately wants to be a part of the solution mm -hmm. here. Like he grew up here. He's going to be close to family. Um, his family, you know, still just down the road in Syracuse. It's a quick drive for all of them to come see yep. him. And that's a luxury that a lot of people overlook, but we see um, has become a big thing in free agency where John Tavares, we see him targeting Toronto because he wants to be closer to home and um, we've seen that sort of a lot. And even guys who are okay with coming to Buffalo that are, you know, waiving some movement clauses and different things like that, just because it's a spot that's close to Southern Ontario, where a lot of these other guys are from as well. So, um, you know, that's a big factor for it though, is getting guys who want to be here, who want to grow and, and help win here. And he's someone who also like number one, now he has that winning, um, experience with Vegas, but he's also seen the the environment and, and the fervor and everything else that comes along with Sabres fans when they're winning. Like he knows what it's like for a playoff game in Buffalo. He knows what the party in the plaza is like. He's been there. Yep. He's seen that as a fan. So to be able to try and bring that back as a player, it's going to mean a lot more. Yeah. And like, can you think about that? You know, when, you know, the top name at that list would always be Patrick Kane. You know, you have to imagine that kid always dreamed of raising a Stanley cup back yeah. then when he was a kid, I think it was either, it was probably Marine Midland arena, still or HSBC arena. Uh, it's a dream. And the same thing for Alex Tuck, you know, you're, you're always gonna, you're always going to play your heart out. You're always going to skate your hardest. Not that you're, you're not skating hard for any other team, but you're always going to literally leave it all out on the ice for a team that you dreamed about playing for growing up as a kid, when you're playing street hockey, you know, you're wearing your favorite player's Jersey, you know, mm -hmm. you're, 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 
you're you're calling your most favorite iconic Rick Janarek call when you're scoring scoring goals. And back in the days of wearing Mylek pads and baseball gloves for goalie, you know, goalie gloves like those those were the days I remember those man. Like you know that Hatchet jersey on the wall behind me, I used to wear that jersey playing street hockey. Unfortunately, you know it's autographed and you know dirty as shit now. But you know it was something I I just I I you know. I had that dream growing up. Obviously that didn't come to fruition or anything close to it, but you know, you know, that's what Alex Tuck dreamt and lived, lived for. And now he has that opportunity and I'm just excited to see what, when he does finally return to the, come to the, not even return, make his debut with the Buffalo Sabres, what he's going to bring to this team. And he's a guy you can just slap the C on Ty. You can slap it. I know, I know there's a lot of talk about Dylan Cousins. I'm not in full, I'm not in agreement with putting that C on Dylan Cousins right now. Like, why why give I mean, does it is he deserving? Yeah, sure. He's one of the names in the you know in the in the conversation, but I mean, that's a layup. Alex Tuck, put it on him. Mm, no, I don't, don't, think, I don't so? think you I don't think you put it on a guy you bring in. You very, 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 very rarely ever see that in hockey where they bring someone in and they're immediately the captain. And that's usually only when you have a team that's very young and you go out and you get a veteran, like a legitimate veteran who's a former multiple like Stanley Cup winner who's been a captain, like a la Brian Gianta when they brought him here to be captain. That's yeah, like the same I, I can agree with that. Have. But again, I mean, I could see giving him an A next year, but I don't think, I don't think you're going have to have to put a C even next year just because of the way this team is built and how young it is. Like you wait until someone has to be the captain because what's the point of naming a captain if you have a bunch of different leaders to begin with anyways? Well, I'm not saying this year. And you have a power structure that just creates friction. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying this year. I, I, I don't think there should be or will be a captain this year. You know, that's not something I think we should be focused on. I'm thinking in terms of next season, once he does, you know, put on that jersey, has an off season, a training camp, and really gets around these kids, and that's what they are—they're all kids, you know, with the exception of the guys like Akposo and Gergensons. Like, you know, these—they're all—they're all twenty-five and under. You know, um, I, I just can see him being that type of guy. I remember when Buffalo brought in uh, Craig Reve when we when we when we made the either I can't remember if it was a free agency or it was a trade. They made him captain right away, and it was actually voted on by all the players. Like, you know, this, this is the guy was, he stuck. That was the same situation, though, as the Brian Gianta thing where you went oh, out yeah. and a guy who was a captain. He was just – they. Were, I think both of them had literally just come off of being captains in Montreal when they came here and then became I can't captain. remember if he was a captain with Montreal. He might have He might have worn an A, but he I don't know if he was a captain. might have been assistant, but, yeah. yeah, he was yeah, right up there. Yeah, but, yeah, he – but, again, but a lot of the times that stuff is voted on, or at least, you know, the players' opinions are taken into consideration. If he's a guy that steps in the locker room and shows a lot of leadership – you know, kind of like is that Kylock Poso, kind of like that Kylock Poso, but with more of a skill set. I could see it happening, but that's just my opinion. Um, with that being said, though, you know, your opinion on that return for Jack Eichel, Ty, like how, how did you feel? Where were you when you got that news? And what was your initial reaction? I mean, whatever they accepted, I think was going to be the best offer you were going to get. So, um, I'm not here to, you know, nitpick this or that. Like, mm-hmm. could you have retained salary and gotten more? Yeah, who the fuck cares? They didn't. So, you know, they got what they got. That was the best offer they were going to get for, you know, what they were willing to do. So I'm not the Pagulas. I'm not the general manager. Mm-hmm. I can't change anything about the trade. 
when you look at what they got back, I, I really like Alex Tuck. If he's going to be a mm-hmm. guy who's consistently in that 40 to 60 point range for you, perfect, especially with how much money he's making. Um, you know, he doesn't get paid a ton. And I think he's still under contract for another four or five seasons at, you know, a decent clip, three, three and a half to four and a half million, something like that. So that's perfect, perfectly fine. <clears throat> then you look at Peyton Krebs, a guy who was a later first round pick but has shown that he has really high-end first-round upside. He has some really nice hands, some really nice um, puck skills. We saw him display some of that. He hasn't made that full-time jump to the NHL. He's shown some flashes in the NHL when he gets here, but hasn't really put up the points. That's fine. We see that with a lot of guys who get brought up a little bit early just because you know they they do some more offensive things and rather than bringing up just some journeymen sometimes teams do it looking for a spark and when you're a team like vegas and you're winning all the time you can try those things so that's fine um i think you know leave him in rochester most of the season give him some time i do want to see him here in buffalo at some point hopefully no one gets injured you know you never want to see injuries to cause that no you never do um I do think at some point he probably does get up here. We do get to see him. And then you just got to make the most of the picks. We know they haven't drafted extremely well over the past few seasons. <laughs> um, probably the past decade. Uh, maybe it's, even longer. It's been, a long, it's been a long probably 15 years of yeah, just watching and, guys. And after, the, first and after round. the first 15 picks, it really, really becomes a crapshoot. Mm-hmm. And the value drops off significantly, especially once you get behind, like, usually 20 to 25 in most of these drafts. Um, The value between, you know, the 30th overall pick and the 70th overall pick isn't isn't very much, uh, much different. So um, you just have to hit maybe on one of these other picks. And as long as Krebs develops into another guy who, who can put up at least 40 points a season, which he should be able to, He's more skilled. Um, if he can develop a two-way game, that's fine. Play 40, 40 to 60 points out of both those guys. You're replacing what Jack Eichel did, and you have a potential to – well, I mean, at least you're replacing what he did points-wise. And then you have the potential to add even more pieces or even package some of those picks to get more NHL-ready guys. Yeah, and you know what? You know, My initial reaction was I was actually in the air on the way to uh, my layover – um, I want to say it was in Chicago O'Hare. Um, and then I got, I turned my phone on from airplane mode and all of a sudden I had, you know, 50, 50 messages. It's huh. You still put your phone on airplane mode. Oh, uh, you can use the Wi-Fi on there, but it just doesn't kill the battery. You know what I mean? So yeah, you, yeah. they have the Wi-Fi. they have the Wi-Fi, so I can still connect, but like obviously, um, it does with, stuff, you're right. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it, it only lets you contact so much with the internet. Like you can use your iTunes and yeah. podcasts and stuff like that. But then I I got like 50 messages and notifications on Twitter, and I'm like, what what the fuck, what just happened? And I saw, you know, apparently he's an insider now. Andrew Peters broke the news of the trade. It wasn't a hundred percent correct was pretty damn close and uh i remember i was excited and then i was a little disappointed and i'm like i was just kind of like what you brought up in the beginning like i wanted them to retain salary because the buffalo was in a situation where you could i mean it is what it is see yeah that's why i'm like you're in the position you could do it but you don't have to especially no, you don't have you look to. at the roster and if these young guys pan out you're gonna have to start paying them Especially when you look at Rasmus Rasmus Dahlin, he's potentially going to eat up, you know, a big chunk of what three years salary used to be, you know, going forward, closer to that ten million range eventually. So when you look at it that way and think long term, 
that's all right because you're not in a position where you're like this this doesn't have to be a, a five-year rebuild it could no. be a, a year or a two-year rebuild you can flip things around quickly here now the, the, the way i saw it is i think i i don't want you retaining half his salary absolutely not but if you no, could have did two if you, three million if you yeah two 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 point five or even three i mean by the time that his contract is over with and you have to you know really start you know re-signing these players i mean outside of guys like darlene maybe olafson um i really just don't see oh may owen power at that point like i don't see these guys getting huge astronomical money the way jack eichel was maybe with the exception of darlene maybe owen maybe power casey maybe tage you don't know yeah. what they develop well into. yeah you don't they know but into 50 60 point guys as well you're going to be paying them north of five million yep. you have you know five six guys coming in the pipeline who all need those deals at the same time because they're all generally going to be on you know similar spots with arbitration and hitting free agency around the same time just because of their ages that's where you know you see you run into a little bit of a bottleneck potentially if they all pan out that's if they pan yeah, out if they pan that's out like best case scenario here that's probably not going to happen that's what we want to happen but you know what for I mean? for me though it was retain a little bit and maybe you turn that second round pick into another first and the reason i say that is because that is that would be for the Connor Bedard draft. Is Vegas going to finish in the top ten? Absolutely not. No, they're not. They're just not going to. But that just gives you capital to possibly make a move higher in that draft. Like, is is it worth? <clears throat> is three million eating an extra three million dollars, like sa- saving that, you know, taking that away from what we could spend on the roster, worth a jump from fifty uh, fifth to you know 25th in the draft probably not i'm not saying it w- would be but it's just you know the potential to possibly get higher up in probably the next two of the deepest drafts we've seen in over a decade to really continue to build that pipeline and just build for the the future uh to and be sustained success the next NHL 10 years coming into a situation that the the nba is in right now where you see all these teams are just if they have so much talent and so much athleticism and all these players, it's all, it's all just about getting one star and kind of putting some pieces around them. But then you see some of these other teams who are able to build just by building so much depth out because there's just so much talent at this point that Mm -hmm. the leagues are becoming a, a bit oversaturated because we're at a time where the talent level just in the world and the athleticism and the medical you know, everything else and training and et cetera and video and all that allows these players to be at, you know, such a higher level where, where, you know, 20, 30 years ago, they were chain smoking cigarettes and, you know, yeah. oh, yeah. in, in the locker room. Yeah. Um, rip it, ripping darts you know, in between periods world. Yeah. So I think you, we might continue to run into these drafts, Dwayne. We might continue so. to have a, a larger, you know, pool of guys who, could really, really make it, who really could play in the NHL, at least have the tools to, um, you know, before development and injuries and everything else. Mm-hmm. I, I, I agree. I just, I've been, I've been paying attention for a little bit now since, you know, his name was first starting to brought up is, is Connor Bedard. And I, you know, he's a guy that, I mean, it's a pipe dream at this point, especially with how well this team competes. Maybe they're not winning right now, but they're competing. So I don't even see this team, you know, in the going to the draft for Shane Wright finishing. Boston will win that draft lottery. What? Boston will win that lottery because they got Taylor Hall. Yeah, yeah, right. It's it's. 
I don't even want to think about that. <laughs> but I, uh, you know, with that being said, for me, it was just, you know, you're retained to maybe it turned that into a first. That was really the only thing I was a little upset about is just I felt we were in a position to to do that. And, you know, and Vegas is a team that's desperate enough against the cap where freeing up $2 million more million for them, even for a few more years, could, you know, mean maybe mean the difference between them a year or now a year or two from now maybe holding on to Petrangelo holding on to Carlson holding on to that because you saw what Tampa Bay just had to do with a lot of their glue guys you know your Yanni Gorge your Blake Coleman's the guys that really performed at a high level for them in the playoffs and were huge difference makers you know playoff heroes and uh you know now you're Vegas you're gonna be running into that same situation you know it's, it's pretty much cup or bust for them right the next two seasons it is I mean, it has to, you're yeah. not, not to, you know, steal from, from the Vegas, you know, old, old cliches, but they're literally going all in. They're putting all going for broke. in the middle of the table. They're not leaving any money, you know, around left to, you know, improve yeah. that roster anymore. It's as good as it's going to get. They have their best opportunity now. And I mean, I don't blame them because you see how much um, interest and, in, um, such you've garnered within Vegas and yes, you're going to still be able to get opponent opposing fans probably in that arena, but like to continue to, uh, you know, put forth a winning product, the first five, 10 years of the team, the first professional team in Vegas, um, of the big four sports. I think that that goes a very long way. And I think ownership understands that just as well as, um, management, who wants to win it just because they want to win it. They understand it from a business perspective as well. So going out, getting a guy like Jack Eichel and having all these other pieces should hopefully secure you to be a winning team and at least a playoff team for the next five to 10 seasons. That's what you, that's really at the end of the day, that's what this is all about. Right. And you know what? I'm happy for Jack. I really am. Like I know he got his, he announced he has uh, the procedure, the ADR. You know, the guy, you know, I think all those people here in Buffalo, the really better ones, uh, you know, it was never about um, they always thought they they felt like he was bluffing, like he he was really doing this to get a Buffalo. Well, clearly he wasn't bluffing because he held out and he really put his chances at playing the Olympics at risk because, you know, his rehab time, it's going to cut or it's going to come really close to the start of the Olympics if he's going to be able to play, play on that team or not. Which I mean, I hope he does because no, I'm gonna, I wanna... I'm gonna blame that on Kevin Adams if he doesn't play in the Olympics. You're gonna blame that right on Kevin Adams. I'm blaming that on Kevin Adams yeah, for not training. I think so soon. too. I think so too because yeah, you know, it seems that this deal was probably on the table a lot earlier uh, in this whole process. Uh, and you know, I don't blame Kevin Adams for wanting to wait it out, but at the same time, you know, the guy's sitting around in pain. You know, he wants to get healthy and he. I don't, I don't agree with the writing in the CBA and a lot of things have to change because I don't think any governing body should be able to tell a player or a human being what they can or can't do with their body. And that's just my opinion, especially it's like, it's just, it, it, it's, it's, it's wrong. Um, so I'm happy to see that he's healthy. Uh, it seems he's smiling a lot over there in Vegas, which is cool. Um, and any, any Sabres fan that's bitter about that are going to make a thoughts, but you know, you know, sit on a pine cone. Man. It is what it is. Dumb. Yeah. It's like, you know, he went to a team that is currently committed to winning is committed to building a winning hockey team, a Stanley cup winning hockey team. And he's enjoying it because for the last six years, he hasn't had that. He's been through six head coaches, four general managers. Like 
what do you want from him? Like, you know, that kind of turnover at those two positions, you're not going to win. Name me any team in all of professional sports with that kind of turnover in less than 10 years time. Uh, and tell me how well, how good of a, how good of a team they've been or how many times they've played in the playoffs. Very, I, 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 I'm, it's tough to find one if any. So I don't blame him for being happy, you know, let him, let him fucking smile. Let him have a good time over there. Good for him. He's not, we only got to deal with him twice a year right now. Um, and you know, it was, it's just, it's nice to see that that situation get itself resolved. And I mean, it's, it's just like, think about it. Like you, you work at a company or so you work at a car dealership and there's a guy you work with and he's a really great guy. And like, he has some medical issue. He has cancer or some shit. And they, keep trying to tell him he's got to keep coming into work all the time, even though yeah. he's just trying to get treatments and get healthy so that he can come back to work because he actually wants to work and they won't let him get the treatment. So he's just got to keep coming to work. And like, it's not beneficial to him. Like you'd rather have him leave and go to the other place. That's going to let him get healthy and let him enjoy his life before work. And all yeah. this other stuff because we have to realize our human at the end. Exactly, man. And you know, Hopefully we can like look towards better days uh, in the National Hockey League. Obviously, there's been a lot of a dark cloud, you know, between the Kyle Beach situation. I know Brent Sopel just came on uh, with uh, Andrew Peters podcast after the whistle, and he kind of told his story and what happened while like literally and, you know, exactly what was going on and how him and Nick Point were the only two guys on the roster that stood up for Kyle Beach and, uh, between that and then you say what's happening now, which has happened with Brian Murray with the Anaheim Ducks. He stepped aside. Uh, he had some has some uh, issues. Um, I'm assuming with alcohol. I know he st- he he went into a program. Uh, it seems like a lot of dominoes are starting to fall for the better of the league. And honestly, I think I me personally, I hope at the end of all this, I hope it means Gary Bettman steps down because I think it's time. And I think this is all happening on his watch. And I think that you know it's a direct result of his lack of leadership, him, Don fear. And I hope that uh, better days to come for the NHL. And I think that, uh, you know, some steps are being taken in the right direction. Hopefully Chicago just uh, does the right thing here and stops trying to get this, these lawsuits against them dismissed and just really owns up to what they did wrong. Yeah. I mean, you think about it, if, if you're looking at the NFL and Roger Goodell, if this sort of situation happened under his watch, They'd be throwing the whole gabagool at him. They'd be, you know, having him up against a cross. Like this man's entire life, everything would be, you know, on the line for him. But Gary Bettman, some for some reason, continues to be like a cat. This man has nine lives. Like <clears throat> nothing he does or doesn't do isn't held accountable. Yeah, he's just whatever happens. It's just like oh, we're working hard at it now. And, like, nobody cares because they're, like, the fourth or fifth most important thing sports-wise in the in the country. And national media, like, picks it up and then throws it away, whatever's going on. So they kind of get – he gets a free pass. But Yeah, it's unfortunate, man. And I feel, I feel bad. I feel so bad. Like I said, that was a really – a really enlightening interview with Brent Sopel. I know he deals with dyslexia and he had a lot of issues with depression and alcohol and drug abuse and, you know, kind of told uh, his story on with Peters and Reve and Gianna. And uh, it was really, I, I encourage anyone, you know, I, I don't always promote other hockey podcasts on here, but I definitely encourage people to go listen to that. And, um, you know, it's definitely an eye opener for sure. And it, you know, directly 
the viewpoint of somebody who was there when it was all happening in real time and how it was handled or not handled. And uh, definitely interesting. I encourage anyone to go, uh, go listen to it because it was, it was, it was a very, very good episode of after the whistle. Um, yeah. And with that- I, I saw the boys over at after the, after the whistle gave us uh, the little, tr- the follow for train wreck sports. So maybe, uh, yep. maybe you yep. might have to do a little collab here, Dwayne. Oh, have- yeah, actually uh, it's already in the works. I've already uh, spoken to Andrew. Uh, you know, a couple times and he wants to come out with us. Uh, he appreciates that, you know, I'm always pumping their tires and I'm excited for that. Uh, Andrew's a friend and uh, he's a really good guy, you know, regardless of people's opinions of him, you know, the way he played on the ice or, you know, things that, you know, he is, a, he is a very extraordinary, good at heart human being. And uh, I can't wait to have him on. He's actually out of all, out of all our guests, he is the one I'm most excited for. Um, Definitely pumped for that. Um, I know we have EJ Raddock on tap for Monday uh, from NHL Network. Um, as I told you earlier, Ty uh, Bucci, uh, Bucci Gross is going to come on with us from ESPN at some point down the road here. Dave Starman, another guy from NHL Network. Got a lot of a lot of fun this uh, this season. You know, hopefully Buffalo tries to keep things interesting, and we know we know Michigan will keep things interesting for sure, uh, for sure. So we there's a lot of stuff to look forward to between the. Sabers, the, the the Rochester Americans, and uh, the Michigan Wolverines. So, and um, but with that being said, you know we Sabres have a game. What'd you say? Sabers are already losing. They're already losing. Oh, what's what's the score? One nothing. Cool. I mean, well, I, I don't, hope know. I don't know more than one nothing. I know. Always. I don't know. I mean, yeah, they seem to like to give up early leads lately. So again, again, we knew it wasn't sustainable though, Ty. We knew it wasn't sustainable. Like, you know, that, that five game, you know, that five game meter they were on, it, it wasn't sustainable. Uh, I mean, Dustin, I mean, nothing against Dustin Tokarski, but you have Dustin Tokarski as your goaltender, you know, yeah. you know, you know, it is what it is, but you know, they're going to go out there. They're going to, they're going to bust their ass every night and they're going to put on a show. And that's all we can ask for, for a team like this. And I've said it a couple of times. I think that this team is going to grind out a lot of loser points this season. I think they're going to get games to overtime and to shootouts and they might lose, but they'll grind out some loser points. Uh, they'll, it won't be easy to play against the Buffalo Sabres this season. Uh, they're not, they're not going to, you know, they're going to, they're going to keep swinging back as hard as they can. And, uh, you know, hopefully um, when an Alex talk is added to this lineup, um, maybe we get to see Owen power at the end of the season, you know, when his season with Michigan's over with, and maybe we get to see, uh, you know, some JJ Paterica or Jack Quinn, you yeah. know, just a lot of stuff to like be excited about. Absolutely. I think we'll see it at some point. I mean, if, if Owen power goes out there, wins, wins and brings home the big gabagool, brings home the trophy, then the national championship, Back to Ann Arbor, I think you got to, you know, bring him in and at least give him a game or two. Because, I mean, if he plays through the whole tournament, there's probably only a week or two maximum left in the season. So you yep. might as well keep him going and let him exactly. just – Give him a look. Run his legs for a game or two, you know, run off the, the adrenaline of being young and winning a championship. Um, hopefully he does that. If he does that, I'll, I'll buy you a bunch of bagels, Dwayne. Oh, you don't tease me with the bagels, Ty. Don't tease me with the bagels. Well, you know, assuming it's one nothing right now, like you said, um, predictions for tonight's Oilers game and tomorrow's game against the Leafs. Um, Connor McDavid is going to score two goals. Sabres are going to lose four to one. They suck. They're not very good. Um, Leafs. I don't know. I don't even know how that crowd's going to be. It's interesting because you think about it and the dynamic, like you have to 
pay to get a rapid test to get back over the border too. So on top of whatever they're paying for the ticket, add like an extra hundred dollars per person. There's a lot of tickets still available on StubHub right now. Yeah, and then you got to pay an extra hundred dollars per person to get the rapid test just to go back. So, I mean, you probably make a trip out of it if you do it. So, I mean, at least it's on the weekend for this one. So, like, it it's a little bit more realistic for people to do. But um, in general, um, I don't. I don't even. Even if the Leafs are struggling, I don't think it matters. The Sabers just aren't as talented, and especially you know with middle stats still out, with Yogi Haru still out, it's going to be tough for them. They're just going to have to kind of grind things through, try and get the best opportunities they can. Those high danger chances have gone down a little bit. Teams have started to uh, realize what they're trying to do, so things are getting a little bit more challenging for them which is unsurprising. It's what's happened to them over the past few seasons when they've had good starts. So um, hopefully they just continue to adjust, continue to develop and continue to grow. And I mean, I think they're going to lose in both these games again, and it's going to be a a nice little, nice little run of losses after a good start. Actually, we're looking at it right now on TV. Uh, That might not be a goal. You, you actually don't even ever see the puck go into the net. Um, I'm looking at right now at Buffalo hockey moments on Twitter at Sabres plays. And uh, uh, you don't see the puck ever go into the net. It's a very uh, bad angle shot hits to Kars- hits the post hits to Karski's back and then bounces out and they called it a goal, but you don't ever see the puck actually go in the net. It hits the, it's the bottom of the crossbar bounces off to Karski's back. Yeah. That's not a goal. I think we got a zero, zero game tie. Wow. I mean, it we could got a zero, zero game. Yeah. I, don't have the uh i didn't flick the game back on yet yeah the, i'm assuming this must be under review right now uh yeah but i think we still have a zero zero game because i i agree that's that puck never went in the net so uh i'm assuming that granado uh would challenge that and it'd probably uh the, the call on the ice won't stand uh howard simon says the call on the ice can't stand there's no clear video of the puck in the net um and I agree. I'm watching the overhead view right now, and you clearly see his day hit the crossbar, bounces off the cars. Can you see the puck the entire time? Oh, yeah, 100%. As long as you can see the puck the entire time, then correct. You, 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 there's no view of the puck actually entering the net. Right, it hits Sabres, the crossbar. Sabres tweeted. No goal. There we go. 0-0. Zero, zero. They literally Shane, tweeted this. I don't, even think, I don't even think they've said anything yet, but they tweeted that. Okay. Uh, with that being said, do you change your prediction or tonight? No. No, it's still four one loss. I'm gonna I I'm gonna be an optimist. Think, I'm gonna say they lose Connor, three two in a shootout. Connor freaking McDavid. I know, Leon I know. Dreisaitl. Leon Dreisaitl has the most goals in the league right now. Not Connor gonna, McDavid. Think about that. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go four three loss in overtime. They won't get it to the shootout, they'll lose in overtime. Um they'll get a few pucks past Stuart Skinner. Stuart Skinner, starting goalie for Edmonton. I've never didn't seen. didn't know it was real at first. Yeah, I didn't think that was a real name at first. I, I I've did never... know he was like an actual goalie. Did not realize he was in the NHL. He's had one start so far this season. So yeah, and I think it's I mean Sabers Sabers go on a nice little hot streak to start the season. They start, you know, facing some um, actual starters and they lose. And now they're back to facing guys like Stuart Skinner. And I can barely Stuart find Skinner. pictures up for graphics, which is great. Yeah, it's it's a funny that's a funny. I've never seen a active or any NHL goaltender uh, with the first name Stewart. I don't think I've ever seen a Stu Barnes. Sure, I think that's the other Stu. And I think it was just Stu. It wasn't Stewart. So, 
Uh, with that being said, like I said, I think I think they'll they'll get it to overtime. They'll lose four three overtime, um, but it'll make it an entertaining game. And it's always fun being able to watch Connor McDavid play hockey. He's just he's he's a cheat code. He's just so fun exactly. to watch. Um, and then tomorrow night against the uh, the rival Leafs uh, battle the QEW. I uh, I'm gonna mark that as a loss too. I'm gonna say uh, you know maybe four two three two something like that. Um, they've they've really turned it up there in Toronto. Obviously, with Toronto fans, you always get crazy overreactions early in the season when the same team isn't playing up the par, and they had that rightfully so. You know, Mitch Marner wasn't scoring. Austin Matthews wasn't scoring. John Tavares wasn't scoring. Team looked like an absolute disaster, but uh, they really picked it up. Uh, Jack Campbell uh, is earning himself a new contract with Toronto. American boy, fun to see. I hope he makes Team USA. I think he should be one of the three goaltenders. Uh, uh, But I'm excited for tomorrow night. I might actually go, so we'll see. Uh, But, yeah, I'm going to predict that probably to be be a big L, too, for sure. So... I don't like saying that because it's Toronto. I want to beat Toronto. If there's any team in this fucking world I want to beat, it's the Toronto Maple Leafs. But uh, I just think that team's too good. They're playing too well right now. But uh, with that being said, uh, Ty, uh, been a pleasure to have out, have you on uh, for episode 76. And uh, you want to tell everybody about Outlet Liquor, the place to buy a case? Oh, yeah. Right Outlet here. Liquor over on George Urban Boulevard in Chittawaga. Yep. Like you said, the place to buy a case, if you're looking to stock up, it's Outlet Liquor. The more you buy, the more you save, Dwayne. Yes, that means if you buy 10 bottles, it's cheaper than if you buy one. So you might as well go stock up that bar, get ready for the winter because alcohol doesn't freeze. It'll keep you warm. It's exactly what you need. You're so much better at that than me. Uh, yeah. Whenever I do an ad read, I'm just, I butcher it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, right around the corner from Studio D, uh, you know, so and and if first person to take it we'll say first person to take a selfie in front of the uh outlet liquor sign with the train wreck logo flashing up will will uh send you a little uh little gift little giveaway little care package little care package to keep you uh maybe, maybe some shirts maybe some hats we'll see yeah yeah so but yeah well with that being said uh thanks everybody for tuning into uh episode 76 of two goalies one mic oh, uh well butcher already hurt what will butcher, butcher is hurt. hurt freaking oh, great. great 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 comes back yeah and i remember i remember when he was first available he was a college free agent and he signed with new jersey i hated that because i was and a big fan of his year yep he did uh so yeah i was i have high hopes for him i hope he kind of turns it around here in buffalo we'll see though but uh again with that being said thanks for tuning in, everybody episode 76 ty do you have three words for us? Three words? Four. Go to Outlet Liquor. No, no, no. Let's go Sabres. All right. Whatever. All right. Well, thanks for tuning everybody. I don't and... care if they win or lose. Like, Dwayne, I'd rather them lose so that we can get a better draft pick. You know that now. I'm not going to cheer for us to lose. Thanks on for me, baby. I'm not going to cheer for us to lose. I'm not going to do that again, but. I think that is the direction. I'm not cheering for us to lose, but like, I'm not cheering for us to win. Yeah. I'm cheering for entertaining hockey. I think, I think we can meet a middle ground there. I I want entertaining hockey. And I think that's what we've been getting. So, uh, with that being said, we're 18 minutes, uh, past seven. So obviously the game's already underway, uh, zero, zero hockey game. So let you guys all enjoy the game tonight. We'll talk. We'll see you tomorrow. I'll, 
probably be at the game against the Maple Leafs, so maybe we'll do some intermission reports. But remember, get to Outlet Liquor, the place to buy a case. And, uh, you know, let's go Sabres. Hey, everybody, this is Dwayne from Two Goalies One Mike here to remind you that after you get done listening to the episode, which I hope you loved it and I hope you enjoyed it, please be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you are using Apple Podcasts, do me a favor, please be sure to leave us a five-star review and, of course, write us a review. It goes a long way in getting us noticed and getting us some kind of recognition in this world of podcasting. It goes such a long way. And obviously, if you're watching on YouTube, at two goalies, one Mike hammer that subscribe button, leave us some comments, show us some love with some likes. Again, it goes a long way and we really appreciate your love and support to those of you who have been with us since episode one. Thanks for sticking with us for this long. For those of you who are jumping on the bandwagon right now, I promise you, you will not be disappointed. We have a season of guests that are going to blow you away. Uh, This year for hockey is going to be big with them going to ESPN TNT. We've already seen how great it's been just you know, they just got done with the first two nights of this season. It's been phenomenal. We get Gretzky back, Gretzky and Barkley. It's it's phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. So we are going to have so much to talk about this year. Thanks for hopping on with us. Thanks for listening to this episode, and we will talk to you soon. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.